Oh, are we live? We're live. Hello, everyone. This is uh, the first live stream of this YouTube channel. So I'm with my buddy, Drew Sample. Uh, me hey. and Drew have done a whole bunch of podcasts together on Drew's podcast, The Sample Hour. Um, we had a whole little series going there for how long did we go for it? About a year? Year and a half? Yeah, we went for a year. And then um, the second year, it was kind of difficult because I had a farm full time. And uh, as we both know, my team time management skills weren't the best. Yeah. So we, we kind of took, we bailed. didn't really, we, we didn't, we, yeah, we kind of bailed on it, but it, it was kind of like something that I felt that um, we kind of both decided it was probably the best. Oh, it was definitely the right uh, idea to not do it. Yeah, well, because I think you and I, too, both in our second season, made way more gains than we did in our first season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were crushing at the grocery stores. I was I was doing well with farmer's markets, and now I'm doing really well with restaurants. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, so we wanted to come on here today and just talk to everyone about, uh, give a little farm update, hopefully do this, and hopefully I'll build this into a new segment that will be a part of this YouTube channel where I'll connect with people from all over YouTube and the internets and Instagrams and whatnot and uh, get inter little interviews going. So Drew, why don't you tell us a little bit just about kind of, you know, a couple of lines about who you are, where you're from, what you're doing. So my name is Drew Sample. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I am a podcaster, entrepreneur, uh, farmer. Um, so right now uh, the majority, so the, the, best business i have right now is my farm a majority of my income is that's where it comes from but um scott and i you can go back and listen we we both kind of were trying to figure out what um avenues we were going to do to make our money and for me it really because i'm in a bigger much larger urban environment than scott is restaurants so uh last month was probably my best month i did i think in revenue is about two thousand dollars in revenue um, I'm not COD on every restaurant, Scott. It was hard when you're doing a lot of volume. Do you do COD with your um, grocery stores? Um, so I that's no. cash. That's cash yeah. on delivery. Yeah. So no. just I'm just out. I had to think back to what I was doing at my one restaurant. I am. Um, oh. They just pay me every week. Um, Is that still just microgreens? Yeah, that's just one microgreen order. Yeah, and then um. And then uh, at my one grocery store, I'll collect every three weeks. And at my large grocery store, uh, they do direct deposit once a month. They do a direct deposit. Wow. They do a direct nice. deposit, so I don't have to be chasing anybody down or nothing. And then if there's ever if there's ever any like an issue or anything, I just uh, message the accounting lady at the store and get it all sorted out. Send her my invoices. Right. And it's perfect. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you found this out because we didn't really get into this because last I was totally in survival mode when we tried to attempt to do a regular podcast together in the second season. And I just was like, you know what? I need to focus on my business instead of sharing what I'm doing all the time. Because <laughs> I tell you what, man, when I I don't know about you, but the first season it was way more fun to just take pictures of me doing things, <laughs> but I wasn't really getting the results, right? Yeah. Well, so what? then, but you, I mean, you, I mean, your, your farm, I, my farm looks pretty awesome now because of, uh, uh senior Fratzel. Yeah. But, you know, I, th I think, um, why don't you tell had, everybody about, why don't you tell everybody about that situation? Okay. So, um, one situation was I got, I, well, to give a backstory, the first time in Scott and I started, 
we were drunk in San Diego and we were like, let's do a podcast every week when we leave and we come back uh, from Permaculture Voices. And so what happened was is I because I was like um, basically I was going full time at a job, which full time for Americans is 40 hours a week. Unlike Scott, who's Canadian, which is 32 hours a week. Which those eight hours make a huge difference. So uh, because it's usually nine hours and actually probably nine and a half because of commute time, right? So if you get an extra nine and a half hours by not by not being full time, forty hours, right? If you think about like you have to have an hour lunch and shit like that, so or stuff like that. So um, okay, so what happened was is I. I was almost out of farming because my first year went so poorly <laughs> and I was, I was, you can listen to the, the failing forward podcast turned into the Drew sample excuse cast. Cause man, I, I was just not doing that great. I had like some customers, but I was not very good with time management and I was not organized. I didn't have systems. I didn't have a lot of stuff that I needed and I was just winging it all the time. And so what ended up happening was, is my good buddy, Greg Burns said, Hey, I think you and Rich should look to work together. Um, I originally was going to try to work something out with Rich and I kind of wrote a check. I couldn't cash. And I think you guys should talk it out. So I, I talked to Rich who we both hung out with in uh, San Diego, who was a real permaculture guy. I think a lot of times people say they're into permaculture they talk the talk but they don't necessarily walk the walk but rich definitely walked the walk so rich came in and we made an agreement that uh i would trade him um housing and he would become a member of the business and now we've kind of evolved it like i'm giving him a percentage of the revenue i've given him like 10 percent of the revenue um allegedly um for tax purposes i have to say allegedly and then uh no i'm just joking around but uh so but i'm giving him 10 percent of the business and he gets uh free room and board and i try to pay for food and everything for him um and he pretty much makes sure that i don't act like a child or he calls me out when i'm acting like a child and uh but really like i have good ideas but it's it's really hard for me to always implement them because i have so many ideas and i and it was really hard for me to say okay i'm gonna put this in a notebook and i'm gonna go to this later I'd, I'd totally have shiny object syndrome and i'm like oh no i have to do this right now but now that i have rich here i say hey rich i'm thinking about this what do you think and rich will say well man let's break down this what we need to do in order first and so it's it's i have somebody here to balance me out and then i have somebody here that when we need to build things he's actually talented at building things unlike myself who's totally tom sawyer's things as you're aware of scott hebert um yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, so that's, we're going strong. So Rich has done quite a bit, um, on my farm and I do now I'm free to do all the sales and I can just do what I do well, which is sales networking. I do the harvesting. I do the packaging. I do a lot of stuff where that's in my wheelhouse. So I come from 10 years of corporate sales experience, was very successful in sales, hated it and couldn't wait to get out. Thankfully I got laid off, got a severance package and used um and then fell back on a business so so that's kind of a my story in a nutshell um 
do you want what else what else do you want me to say scott you're you're running the show here i just i just asked you about your, your relationship with rich oh okay yeah was that good was that a good was that, that was, too much was, you could have yeah no that was great uh, <laughs> uh so where's your farm at right now uh you mean the location or what are we doing right no, now i mean like where yeah where are you at where are you at with sales where are you at with customers where are you at with what kind of products are you producing like that's that's an that's an excellent question so um okay so uh <laughs> that was a trick question i meant to close i meant to close out of uh facebook here because i was starting to get uh alerts and messages and it was okay. distracting okay so right now um I had like two gut check times with my business when I was going full time. So the first was June. Uh, I thought I had this plan of getting either standing orders of lettuce, you know, 80 pounds a week at two different restaurants in split in between two different restaurants. And then that that contract became something that wasn't really there. And, and we talked about that at the beginning of last year. So what I really realized where my business was starting to pick up was microgreens. Um, so I'm on a 15th of an acre. Um, when, when you, when you talk about, um, when, when you really kind of break down for me with space, the way to maximize dollars with space and my location is in, um, is in microgreens. So what, what happened was, is we kind of doubled down on that and we just started going hard at microgreens for restaurant sales. So I was making about anywhere when I peaked out in the summertime, I was making about 2000 to 2,500 a month for about three months. And then the farmer's market ended. And then I was back to just my three restaurants and I was selling, um, I was selling my, my product pretty cheap because I wanted to make sure that I, I had some uh, cushion for the fact that uh, I, I I wasn't necessarily I, I was new farming, as you know, Scott. I wasn't the best at staying consistent with bringing products to my customers, so I wanted to make sure that I could underpromise and overdeliver. So during the winter time, I took three restaurants and turned it into seven, and now as of last month, my revenue was two thousand dollars as well so um i pretty much replaced the income going into farmer's market season i'm making the same amount of money as i was at the end of the last farmer's market season and that's just in microgreens to restaurants i grow six different crops of microgreens so grow? i grow micro cilantro uh mustard radish arugula pea shoots and pea tendrils thanks that's cool yeah what sells the best um that's it's it i you know i'd have to look at quickbooks right now probably micro cilantro like micro mm -hmm. cilantro is probably so i sell that at the highest thing because it's a two-week crop um everything else are uh, uh pea shoots and rat pea shoots are seven-day crop radish is a six-day crop pea tendrils is an eight-day crop along with mustard and arugula so uh i have let's see i sell i sell microgreen mixes which is i sell two pounds of that a week and that's radish mustard and arugula i sell one pound of radish 
and then a hodgepodge. So it's pretty much everything I've left over to another um, restaurant. And then, so that's three pounds. So it's one pound of radish. I sell four pounds a week of radish to another restaurant. And then um, two pounds of arugula, two pounds of mustard, and one pound of pea tendrils to another. And then um, I sell one pound of pea shoots. But then I sell about four pounds. No, I sell about five, five and a quarter pounds of micro cilantro a week as well. So probably micro cilantro has become, it's becoming one of my bigger crops because a lot of people can't do it well. A lot of people can't do it with uh, good flavor and consistency. I mean, if you look, if you Google how to do it, we Googled how to do it. Nobody was man, nobody had a good reason. Then I was talking to John Dowie, talking to him about what he was doing and just trying to pick everybody's brain that was trying to do it. And, you know, man, I got my secret weapon, farm manager, Rich Fratzel, and Rich really figured out the best way. So we're consistently yielding about four to four and a half ounces um, on a two-week cycle, which when you look it up, most people are trying to do it in 18 days or three weeks. So Benton McKibben does it in th eight, three weeks. Um, but yeah, so my 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 um micro cilantro is is it's becoming the more dominant crop, but it, it so that's with restaurants. But when farmers markets come around, I may start doing sunflower shoots again. I know you did not want to do it. I don't. I got away from it when it was when the farmers market was over because even when you wash them, they don't look good. Like I don't like the way that they present. I don't want to sell something to a customer and have it look like shit i don't care how good it tastes if i can't make that presentation look good then i don't i don't want that product in my line and i don't know if you feel the same way like but for me it's like if my products look like crap then that's 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 reflective of my brand right yeah no i want to have good products but um that uh peach or sunflower shoots or something that I, th I know that there's people growing it successfully. So I would say that's probably more of a farmer error rather than a no, product I, error. You know what I mean, can, though? Well, I understand what you're saying. Like, I grow it successfully. Like, it yields oh, well. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like, even when I clean them for the husk, like, it takes more work. Like, yeah, but in like, reality, the like cost of the, the seed is so low. What's that? I didn't like cleaning off the husks. No, I don't like cleaning off the husks. But then, even then, when you clean the husks, you still don't get all the husks out. And then it's, I'm not doing salad. I, I'm probably not going to grow salad greens anymore. Uh, so I'm not going to have a bubbler. So I don't, you know what I mean? If I had a bubbler, yeah. maybe I would do that, but I don't, I'm not, I don't want to mess with that stuff, man. I don't want, I want processing time to be at a minimum. I want, uh, you know, Rich is here to help do plant whisper things, to help make systems going, to do other things. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I don't want extra processing time. I don't want, I don't want my time taken away from sales. Like if I, I'm trying to figure out how many farmers markets I'm exactly going to do. I'm trying to figure out a little bit of things going into the season. I mean, it's actually, it's all really good, mm -hmm. but, um, because you know, I'm the aggregator idea that we, you and I had originally talked about, it's a whole lot of work and a whole lot of time. And it's not a ton of money. I yep. think for what I could make with my time, Especially when you, when we talk about if I went and got a sales job in telecommunications again, 
it would be a six-figure job. And I'm not saying that to brag or boast, but when you, I was in sales for 10 years and I had built a network of people that I worked with and I, I get job offers all the time. Like, oh, if you ever want to come back, you know, well, this is what I'm making and I could get you in. And I'm like, okay, cool. But no, I'm, I'm good. So it's, it's, it's all about, you know, you and I talk about this a lot. It's all about owning your time. And I think that if, if something, you know, you, you do the same stuff, man. I mean, I watch your videos, you, you try to cut down on processing time, whether it be your packaging for grocery stores or anything else. Like I don't want to add, I don't want to, I don't want to add chores to myself that aren't really necessary Mm -hmm. or to rich. Yeah. Or to rich, especially because like rich already has to deal with me and my, my BS enough. And it's like, man, I, I don't, he's already got a pretty full plate and I, I don't want, I don't, I need his brain power and I need his, his, his high skills. Like if it's like carry heavy stuff, that's what I'm here to do. Cause I'm pretty crappy labor, man. I mean, I'm not, I can't, <laughs> I can't fix a lot of things, yeah. but if it's like, Hey, pick up this heavy stuff and move it, let's do it. So what's your plan then for this year? Um, the plan for this year is, that's a great question, man. The plan for this year is to continue to build relationships with restaurants, but you know, I'm at this spot now, Scott, to where I could expand. So I, I, there's a little bit of room and expansion still in the basement. And I think I have my max is for what I can produce in the winter time. But also, too, is if I do take on more contracts with restaurants through the summertime, um, they need to be they need to be stuff that that I have to have the uh, clause that, you know, this is we're going to have to renegotiate when I have to take crops indoors. So because I could still keep my indoor operation going and then go back to outdoor, which would be great. And I think it's going to be awesome for the farmers markets so I could pick up some restaurants seasonally. Um, but the, the plan for outdoors right now is really, we're really just focused on microgreens, um, outdoor crops. They're definitely, we, we definitely want to do some experimental stuff. Um, the chefs I'm working with, they really want, um, weird weed salads, which is kind of cool. They want purse lanes and they want, um, do you know what ice lettuce is or ice plant? No. no. So it, it's this, um, it's pretty much like this greens with trichrome. So it has like little crystals on it. So it's called ice. So it looks like it has ice on it. Um, so that's, what's pretty cool about it. So we're, we want to experiment with some things that chefs are demanding. Like I'm trying to really niche down. We want to try to get into perennial edible flowers. We want to, we, we have some different ideas, man, because right now at this point right now, um, microgreens are the breadwinner and we we have room to expand with microgreens and um the the revenue is really good at farmers markets so if i do two weekday farmers markets and then a saturday market that i'm going to alternate in between two different markets um we definitely have there's there's definitely potential to make some money um i want to hopefully joel and i can get together and we can figure out ways for me to buy and sell his products i i definitely want to buy lettuce from someone else um and you know because i'm trying to you know just like you man like you were eliminating crops and i think the smaller the plot that you have the less crops you really need to kind of focus on i mean you really need to focus on what is getting you paid 
and you really need to focus on is what is your what is your most dollar value for your time and so so that is the biggest plan I'm, i might do some different pricing things with the farmer's market so right now everything's one for three and two for five and i might add a second tier of larger portions which is one for five or two for eight you can do a farmer's uh, market yeah no yeah for sure no i make i make good money at farmer's markets i don't make like it's not like i'm doing a thousand dollars in market but i i only bring a couple crops i'll bring salad mix and microgreens so um, could you add another market during the week yeah no i definitely can so there's there's I, I think I'm going to pick up a Tuesday market. I'm definitely going to do a Wednesday market, um, the same Wednesday market I was doing. And then I I, I may take this Thursday market too, um, which I was doing towards the end, which is part of that indoor brewery market I was at in Pickerington. Um, I would like to do that because I like all those market managers. I like the market manager for the Wednesday, the Thursday, and then the Saturday markets as well. So, um, you know, man, part of it too is I don't need the income from the farmer's markets, but I want it. And, but the, the bigger thing too is like, I want to help create an environment. I want, I want to be a part of like the food community here in Columbus. Like, you know, being in a big city, I have an opportunity to, um, so I'm, 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 I'm getting featured in a local magazine here, 614 magazine. They did an article. I got interviewed and it's going to get posted in June. Um, so I, I want to like be, um, I want to kind of unify smaller farmers. And I, I think I still want to kind of build an aggregate, but in a different way, like, I don't want that to be the backbone of the business, but I want it to be, uh, kind of like a value added income for the, for my business, if that makes sense. Yep. How are you going to do that? Are you going to just run it out of your house? Yeah, as of right now, um, the cooler's at my house now. So I got that cooler trailer that's at the house. Uh, I need to, we need to rearrange it because I don't plan on moving it around. So I got to get like one of those trailers, uh, trailer haulers, um, and kind of reposition it because we need to move it uh, deeper into the driveway because right now it's still in between the house and my neighbor's house. So we can't we can't necessarily get a wheelbarrow through with wood chips and um they redid the alley in the back so now i'm because like half my plot is uh blacktop um we redid it all with it. most of the blacktops covered with wood chips and the nice thing is is that the wood chips are going to have mycelium and then the mycelium is going to eat the blacktop um so it's slowly going to deteriorate that stuff over time so but it also is my greenhouse kept flooding before we had wood chips all over it so we just need to keep adding wood chips so that i'm not trying to expand um properties like i i you know rich and i have kind of made a decision a lot of it's to rich is we want to maximize what we can produce on this 15th of an acre so we're using all the micro green waste that we have and rich built all these raised beds out of pallets and then my three beds that i have now because you know i redid my beds to go uh east and west which you were like why didn't you do that and i was like oh we just thought it'd be better this way and then i did that the next year and i took the, the the rotary plow and the bcs and redid it all and uh so we're gonna we're we're probably gonna turn those three beds into raised beds so it is gonna cost some money in wood but in the meantime it's gonna be a pretty good uh it's gonna be a spot for me to dump microgreen waste because right now, man, it's I'm paying one of my biggest expenses is soil. And it's good, healthy, organic soil, and it's kind of a waste 
if I just dumped it or got rid of it. So what are you doing with it right now? Uh, we're putting it in raised beds, man. So we have t- uh, two big raised beds on the property and a bunch of little ones that go along the fence line. And the nice thing about those raised beds is it, it stops those weeds from coming over. Um, so, so yeah, man, so that's what we're doing right now. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's pretty much it, man. I, I think that, uh, I think that we are really, um, you know, so the biggest, the biggest focus right now is getting the greenhouse ready so we can get it irrigating with all the wicking mats. Cause we we're irrigating the microgreens with wicking mats, which is like a greenhouse tool. It was actually pretty cool because when Diego came and visited and took some video, he saw what like because this is all Rich's idea because you know I had that overhead shit and it was it, stuff. It wasn't really working. Um, it was just kind of misting, and then it would kind of miss half the stuff based on the wind and everything, and then part of the trays would die and all this other stuff. So then Rich, because he is like a big nursery guy and he was he was researching this water pulse wicking mat. And then Diego came and um, and he was he was telling me like how he's he thinks it's actually a good idea and he's trying to figure out how to make that more streamlined, um, which was pretty cool, man. So like we're we're trying to streamline these wicking mats because a lot of people are using flood tables, but the the issue is you can't really automate flood tables. And I mean, I guess there's a way that you could, but it's a lot it's a lot of money. But these wicking mats, they they do have a cost, but it has a little uh, drip stream that comes down, that sh- which is customizable. We're gonna make a Rich and I are gonna make a video about it. Um, so yeah, dude, I'm I'm super stoked about the season. I mean, I definitely need to put in more work in helping Rich. I need to because Rich is he's just his personality is a lot different than mine. Our work ethics are a lot different, so um, I just need to make sure he's not. I, I don't want him to feel like he's being taken advantage of. So what's your biggest goal for the season? Uh I want to keep a sustained amount of growth. I think that uh, you know, I want to make some money uh, for sure. I would like to get to the point to where I'm making about five grand a month in the business with farmers markets um and restaurants. And and yeah, man, I want to I want to build something too. I want to network with more farmers. I want us to work together. The small guys, we need to work together to combat the Cisco's and everything else like that. Um, there's a lot of hydroponic operations popping up in in, in Ohio, and more. I mean, there's definitely a difference in taste for soil grown, chemical free product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really and cool. I'm gonna and another goal is to really get soil grown, chemical free to be a food term marketing term that people recognize because you and I aren't going to be organic and we could play the game of beyond organic or non-certified organic, but soil grown chemical free would speak loudly to what you and I do. Right. Um, Yeah. I haven't found a need so much right now for that. I just have pretty much the best local product around. So, um, and that's just because people just didn't want to grow lettuce. Uh, So, that's yeah, interesting. Just, yeah. Hydroponic so. lettuce yeah. is huge in Ohio right now. No, it's man. not like that big it's... here. There's like one little hydroponic place. The problem is, is that we can grow, you can grow all year round. So it's not economical to yeah. be growing hydroponically unless you're going to go in a huge volume. Then you can go super low with your price. Yeah. It's, that's, you know, that's a good point, man. And that's something that I, I talk to Rich about a lot because I, um, 
you know, Scott, I used to like to live in the fairy tale land when I was farming on my own. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to this acre and my buddy's plot. I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. And you're like, well, Drew, how are you going to do that? I'm like, uh, I'm just going to do it, man. How dare you ask me that? And I got all butthurt and stuff. But, you know, with Rich being here, um, reality kicks in regularly. And he was saying, you know, we don't get enough sun here. Like, I don't get enough sun here to grow outdoors year round. And, you know, I was just recently in Colorado and Wyoming and, you know, they do get sun and where you're at, you guys get sun year round. So it's, no, we have, we get pretty dark winters, but we can, I can definitely grow from like, uh, I'll probably have product from like, next year. I'll probably have product from April until December, I would think. So you're going to, are you going to, uh, you mean from December to April? No. From, oh from april to december no yes. that's what you meant um yeah. so you're gonna do your first season well what are your goals scott let's talk about your goals um sell grocery stores so i'm gonna do sell as much as i can have steady product on lettuce and spinach and that's pretty much it so you know you how is this new situation working out for you so you know i was really proud of your creativity in selling your house and making sacrifices i mean that was something i had to do to make this work for me was well i'm going to give up half my house and buy my house and um you know i had i had to have somebody else around me and which we both both kind of knew because i was a child and i wouldn't that wouldn't do the things i didn't want to do i'm like well that's not fun so i'm not going to do that and then my business would not work and now I have somebody here to get my shit and to do who loves doing the things that I hated to, except for clean trays and of microgreens, which nobody likes to do that. And so what, you know, I'm proud of you for that, but how is your new situation adjusting? Like, how do you feel now? Like, did you quit your other job? Uh, what, what are you, are you going to quit your other job? Like what, how are you feeling if you did quit your other job and now you don't have to give your best hours of the week to somebody else? Um, yeah, I feel pretty good now. Everything's done I'm at my new house. Um, so, yeah, it's fun. I quit my job. That's good. Uh, yeah, having your own time is awesome. Now the dust is kind of settling and I'm like ready to kind of pick up and get back to working pretty hard again. Um, but I've just been kind of, for the past two or three weeks, I've just been kind of taking it a little bit easier. I mean, I say a little bit easier, but I've still been farming. I've still been putting out a YouTube video every day, still doing stuff like this, right? So um, I think that's good. Um, no, it's great. It's great having your own time and stuff. And now I have, I know the whole situation just kind of presented itself. I didn't know it was really an option before um, selling my house and stuff. And then uh, it all just kind of worked out really fast. So it's been a lot of adjustment, to be honest. Um, because... it's been a big adjustment. Okay, so our audio is kind of getting out of sync. Like you're you're sounding funky on my end. I don't know. It's not me. I'm at full bar, so I think it's your Canadian and bandwidth, probably personally. But okay, here. Uh, do you want to? Here, let me. Yeah, let me let me call you right back. One second. One sec. I'm trying to stop broadcasting this.